podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Leads Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Special thanks to BassandBly.com for sponsoring the podcast. Bass and Bly are Yorkshire's premier optics retailer. They sell spotting scopes, binoculars, cameras and lenses. If you need your camera or your lenses repairing, you can also take them in for a service. It's www.bassandbly.com. Ah, it's come round. Relegation day. What a sad state of affairs. A horrible day, really. I sort of... I sort of half expected it to be a bit of a carnival atmosphere really yesterday in a funny way. And it sort of fluctuated, didn't it? You know, it got quite toxic at times when we kept conceding from from centres. We're just absolutely crap. Like, it, we are such a terrible team. I think I think Big Sam's been a disaster. I don't think anyone would have kept us up, of course. But I think he's been an absolute disaster. I think he was the last nail in the coffin looking back. I think that's... His fundamental requirement was to instill belief in the team, and I think that was the point where everyone thought, well, it's over. It was typical that we had a beautiful week, beautiful sunshine all week, and queued the day of a Leeds United game, and the the clouds came over. I remember walking up to Ellen Road thinking, wow, I'm in my shorts, it's grey. And uh, my mate was the same. He, he, he was so stubborn there that he kept his sunglasses on, even though it was like, completely overcast. I did. They bumped yeah. into Andy before the game. That was nice. How was it? What, what used to be a batty bar outside the cop. He was great. He was on great form. Thought we were going to do it. He just bumped into a Swedish priest. And because he was wearing a, a yellow and blue Adidas top, he thought that meant that we were actually definitely going to stay up. And yeah, I was about three pints in and started to think maybe it's, there's a chance as well. And uh, yeah, that soon was put to bed. I think everyone thinks there's a chance, like, and you, you, I think in your in your mind as well, all through the week, you're like, oh, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, but you say it out loud because you know in your mind, you think, oh, it could happen, and you think, but I'm just, I'm just putting it out into the world that I don't think that, but actually, <laughs> a part of me really does think we can do it, and it's stupid, because we all do it. I did it. Yesterday, I thought, there's a chance that all the results could go our way, and after weeks of just thinking we're done and dusted to then starting to believe again and and I don't think the the atmosphere had chance to to kick in because you know we conceded a goal in 90 seconds as soon as the defense was carved open and Harry Kane the ball fell to him you just thought oh, how many times is this going to happen in a season and against a side like Spurs are awful like they're crap and Harry Kane is just quality of the ball. I mean, he just smashed it in. He's he's scored plenty of goals at Ellen Road, and it's it's got in. It's difficult. There's so many things that we're obviously going to tap into that have happened since uh, since the final whistle yesterday. And uh, but we'll dig into the game. And it was one of those where I saw the team sheet, and you know, obviously you talked about Sam Allardyce, and the team sheet was weird. Six at the back. We'd heard that Weston might be playing up front, and I just thought. You know, as kind of as a supporting Rodrigo, and I thought, well, that can't be right. So, sort sort of ignored it. But then that all came to fruition. It's just so embarrassing to to put a team out like that and score and concede within ninety seconds. You know, it's sums the season up really. Again, another match where the opposition did absolutely nothing and scored four goals and absolutely pounded us. I mean, I've never known a Leeds team 
that's been so easy to stuff. I've never known any team. I, I can't think of any. I mean, there will have been other Premier League teams, obviously, that were worse than us, like the Derby team that got 11 points. But I just I just can't believe how easy it is to, to thrash us. It, it's horrible. Yeah, it's just set up horrifically. You know, that when when Allardyce came in, and again, I'm not even saying this is the right thing, but, you know, I... I said that we should have gone for Grayson and just, you know, go, go, you know, just go for broke, you know, just attack and see what happens with our attackers. And the other thing is, like, all season, I don't think once we've played with, like, Somerville, Sinistera and Yonto behind Rodrigo, you know, which sounds like a, a good attacking unit. I don't think that's happened once or, or even anything sort of similar. It's always been something a bit weird, you know, or not quite that. And, yeah, we've just laid down and died, and it was it was just horrible. Thought Foreshaw was really good, actually, which is good to see. He had a good game, and I was really happy that he got a good reception when he had the balls to to break away from the crowd and 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 go towards the crowd and 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 applaud them. And he was well received, which was nice. He deserves it. He looked he looked very sad as well. I only saw it yeah. in the photos afterwards, and it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Because Foreshaw's name always comes up, almost in a sort of not in a slanderous way, but it's that, you know, it's tarnished because of Brad Rosani and the pressure that he put on him when we didn't sign a midfielder that time. And the fact that we are so short in midfield still all, you know, this three years later and Forshaw has been fighting for fitness pretty much all that time as well. You know, he's just had such bad injuries that he's had to come back from. And I I felt for him, I felt like, you know, pressure was on someone like him the last few games to step up and, you know, and, Rocker was on the bench yesterday. What does that tell you as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I, you know, I felt the same heading into the game. You know, Allardyce talking about whether he can get anything out of Bamford, whether he'll be able to at least be on the on the bench. And I just thought, oh, I, I just cannot believe that we've been in the Premier League for three years and we're still and we're about to get relegated and we're still we're sweating on the potential fitness of a half fit. Patrick Bamford, who most fans didn't even think was good enough for the championship. It's just insane. Like, I I, I can't quite believe it. After all the injuries he's had as well, on top of everything else, it's just barbaric. I mean, I can't believe that it's come to this. I can't believe how badly it's gone. It's, you know, for me, it's worse than the Risdale capitulation because, you know, there were so many mitigating factors towards that. This has just been complete self-sabotage. Like, just... Utter, utter incompetence. That's the difference as well, that back then it was all just sort of borrowed money on the promise of like, of earning a lot. And whereas actually we had, we've had good cash flow. This time it's more our money. Like we feel like we have the right to it, but it's been spent wildly. And Ruta, again, I mean, we've talked about this so much and everyone's talked about it and it's not his fault, but 35 million on Ruta for someone who is effectively at that level that like Joffe is and Matteo Joseph that where they need to be out on loan ironically he's probably what we'll need in the championship next year but 35 million you think is, is it Gjork I can't pronounce his name Gjorkes for uh, for Coventry we watched him in the the championship final yesterday and he was brilliant hold up play and bringing midfield into the into the game I think he set up the the goal for Coventry didn't he, he was just excellent and you think yeah, like that's the type of player that is would cost half the amount, be considerably less risk, and could probably do a job because he's used to the physical nature of English football. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. It's the first time I've seen him play. 
and I was so impressed. I put a tweet out, you know, pretty much saying that. And then <laughs> it went to penalties and he was stepping up for penalties. I was thinking, I'll go and miss this, won't he, after I've, after I've said that. And he absolutely just fired it into the roof of the net. Brilliant penalty. He's a quality player. I mean, if we could possibly get someone like him for the championship next season, that would be brilliant. But I feel like Premier League teams will be will be looking at him for sure. 30-odd million on Rutter. It's beggar's belief. Beggar's belief. It's impossible for somebody to to have that confidence in Rutter from from his career to date. To Firstly, to spend 30 million on him, but to convince Radrizani that this guy would be one day worth 70 or 80 million. You know, that, that's that's what's got us to pay that fee because Victor Orta was so sure that he's going to be a 70 or 80 million pound player on the back of scoring two goals all season for Hoffenheim. It's beyond belief. And and also from what we've seen ourselves. And, and then you add in what Sam Allardyce has said and the fact that he was getting chances at first and then he's completely been frozen out. And, you know, wild speculation, I've not been there. And to be fair, when he came on yesterday, he showed a good, good attitude. But the fact that he's been frozen out makes me think that he's come in and he's not got the heart or the fight or, you know, he's not showing anything in training. If he was killing himself to get in the team, he'd have had a chance if he's got any ability, which he, he must have some. So, yeah, the whole thing is just, it just absolutely stinks. I, I, I cannot fathom it. It's, it's beyond comprehension to me. Weston McKenney is one that's talked about a lot. And uh, there was a, there was a Twitter spaces last night with his mate, you know, and there was like hundreds of Leeds fans in there all arguing. It was just horrendous. I listened in for a bit and uh, it, it, I don't think that that's not done him any favors at the club whatsoever. It's really sort of stirred up the Leeds fans that, that have then kind of gone at, at McKenney quite a lot. And the McKenney move again is one of those where he signed, you thought, Oh, here we go. We've got a player who's, you know, Champions League quality who's going to come in. We need a midfielder. This should really prop us up, but it just hasn't worked. It hasn't worked because we were in a poor state with Marsh. We then moved on to Javi Grazia and it didn't improve at all. Tyler Adams came out of the team who was a rock who, you know, we've had way, we've got more out of games with Tyler Adams in than we have out. And that I'm convinced that had he still been playing, we would have probably survived this season. So all these things sort of conspired against him and us and it just didn't work out and it turned out to be a bad move for him and a really bad move for us. He's trying to get his career back on track. He's not been getting in at Juventus. So yeah, messy situation and a lot of fans are relieved that he's gone and I think it's just good for everyone that it's finished that way. Yeah, definitely. I feel sorry for him, to be honest. I don't think he's done anything wrong himself. I don't think he's any more to blame than anyone. I, I, I don't really see him putting in much less effort than anybody else. And yeah, it's just, it has, it's become toxic. He's almost been, he's sort of been, it's almost like his, his nationality as well, you know, because of Jesse and because of the, the you know, the American fans on Twitter, basically, that seem to have started a whole argument with its leads against America on Twitter at the moment. Yeah, he's just taking the brunt of that. And, you know, even his long throws are, are now ridiculed, even though it's our most potent weapon. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, he's, I, I feel sorry for him, really. You know, I wasn't joining him with the with the chance. I thought it's just, I don't know, a bit below the belt, really, because, I, I, like I say, I, I don't think he's putting any less than anyone else. No, I didn't like the chance. I didn't. In, I didn't join in with him as well, and uh, it's not not for me. And 
US because because they are US men's national teams. The perception of football to a lot of US fans is completely different to ours in the UK. We we follow our team. Our team is like a primary, and country is is secondary for them. You know the sport hasn't evolved to the levels that they hope on their home turf. So they follow their players around Europe. And then they have this weird situation of where it doesn't work out at a club. It all goes toxic. We're all toxic, like fighting with one another as fans. So they take it personally that we're kind of attacking that player. Well, no, just everyone's emotions are just ridiculously high. I do agree as well that everything's gone against McKenney in terms of the Adams injury. Like that game at Old Trafford must have been... It's maybe his second game, I suppose. He was alongside Adams in midfield and he played really, really well. You know, we looked like we had a good midfield that night, drew two all at Old Trafford. So, I, yeah, since then it's all just all changed. I remember what I was going to say actually about the whole, um, but I keep, get, I keep getting angry in my head and derailing things in my thoughts <laughs> because fans were chatting fat bastard to him and the fact that, you know, US men's national fans were saying, you know, how abusive and horrible, etc. that is. And, you know, I don't disagree, but I think it comes from the context of in football as well. We had Phillips who was told to basically stop eating chocolate cake because it's making you fat and you're not fit enough to be in the BL society. You can't be a fat bastard and play for Leeds. And then at the start of the season, Pep Guardiola called it out in the press that Phillips was overweight after the World Cup. He said he was fat, basically. So it's such an explicit thing that people talk about within the game here that it's... And also, we've had Calvin Phillips in midfield, who is the homegrown talent, who is, you know, literally gone on to win the Premier League this season. And in comparison, you've got this other guy who comes in who everyone does perceive to be a bit overweight. It's like, it's never going to work, is it? Anyway. And also, he's come in for practically the same fee, especially when you take the fee that we paid for JB out of it. And as you should, because he's not played a minute for us yet in the Premier League, has he? So, yeah, we got 37 million for Phillips. We signed up to spend 35 on McKenney. It's crazy. And then also, my mate said yesterday, which was a great point in that transfer window, we committed to spending 30 odd million on Rutter. And we were, and we were about to sanction the sale of Harrison, who's got about, what, like 70 goal contributions in three years in the Premier League. We were going to sell him for 20 million and pay 30 for Rutter. What the hell is that all about? Jack Harrison versus Rutter. It's unbelievable. My God. <sighs> the, we'll come on to all this because I think this is uh, obviously director of football and owner territory. And uh, But yeah, th things were were unraveling quick, quite quickly in that game. We we got back into it. Speaking of Jack Harrison, he scored a, a great goal. As he does, he sort of pops up in these moments. And then they quickly scored at the other end straight after it. It was three one, yeah. It's it's just it was horrendous to watch. But so you'd seen it so many times that you knew it was going to happen. And I think for their fourth goal, Mora, who I think is leaving at the end of the season as well, he got the ball on the right hand side. Strike didn't know what to do with him. He got through the middle, got around four players, slotted in. It was awful. The defending was absolutely awful. If like if if I know Sam has Big Sam hasn't had that much time to work with them. But that defence has been atrocious for so long now. And the fact that we've piled six men in there to try and make it stronger and it, people can still waltz through, like, what is going on? It's just absolutely dreadful. And and I think one of the frustrating things for me as well was that that gap in midfield that appeared all of a sudden in the second half, 
where you've got cock pushing on up front and then all of a sudden they just break from midfield. It's just it's just baffling to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, the defenders are nowhere near good enough. And yeah, I, 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 you know, again, feel sorry for them in a way. You know, we've, we've, you know, they've, they've been set up to fail. They're not good enough and they've not had enough help all season. Cock had a bad game. Yeah, I was happy for Harrison to get his goal. Last goal in the Premier League after he scored the first. Deserves it. Good lad. Great, great Leeds player. I think he'll go on to have a brilliant career. I think I just hope he doesn't sign for Man. So we'll see. Because <laughs> I want to, I want to wish him well. And uh, and I, I, and I think he's really good. I think he's underrated. I think for me, he probably would be my player of the year. I, you know, obviously Rodrigo would be up there, but Harrison, you know. He, he he gives his all every game and and he's he's done really well for us even in a really yeah a team that's really really struggled you know he's outperformed players like Anthony and and even Grealish you know hundred million pound players you know he's got more more goal contributions playing for this useless team at Leeds so I think that there's a lot about him I'd rather have Harrison than Jaden Sancho that's for sure yeah I think there was some rumours today that West Ham and Aston Villa are going in for Jack. I wouldn't blame him for going. I'd love him to stay because he is one of those that would... Since we've come out of the Championship, he's gone up a notch, I think, as well. He's, he is a quality player and you think at that level, I think he'd just be absolutely brilliant. But I just can't imagine him coming down with us. And yeah, we put a tweet out earlier on about the players being told they had to report in whether they wanted to stay in the at the club, which was is from a, a good source, is all I'll say. It does set the marker for who wants to be at this club? Like, do you want to be here? Obviously, there's so many strands to that that are complicated because there's lots of things that you would answer like, well, it depends. You know, who who's going to be managing this football team? Who's the director of football going to be this next season? But I still think fundamentally it's worth asking the question because a lot of those players have had a salary or wage, wage decrease, sorry, of like 50-60%. And it's tested the water of, do you care? Because some of some of you haven't shown it in the last few weeks, and I think I think it's fair to start at that point at, at this time. Yeah, when you told me, I, my reaction was they're a bunch of clowns. Like, how can you expect them to make that decision the, the morning after when it's so raw? But thinking about it, I, I think it is right. I think it's right as a starting point. And yeah, one thing that I've also thought, you know, when people are talking about who should stay and we have to keep him and we have to keep this guy, you know, I, I disagree. I, I I feel like it has to start there. You know, have they got the hunger to play in the championship? If they don't, then they have to leave. Like we, we can only have people who are going to give everything in the championship, you know, players like, and, you know, it, it's speculation really, but, you know, I can't see players like Somerville wanting to stay and play in the championship. I think there'll be a lot of players who'll, who will think that they're better than that. You know, we already know that from Somerville when he tried to go out on loan under Bielsa when he wasn't getting enough minutes. And, um, you know, I'm not picking on him. There'll be there'll be loads like that. And, and you know, some justifiably so, of course. It, it's all about the hunger for me. So, yeah, fair play. Let, let him do that. And, yeah, there's there's no time to lose, is there? We have to, we have to crack on as soon as possible. Get, that, yeah, get, get, get the clear out begun. Th- that's the thing is, I think, uh, there's obviously a lot of talk about drama because he's now gone up with Luton, he's gone the other way, and whether he'll sign for them permanently. And some people don't care, some people do care. Drama's been one of those debates for ages where it felt like he should have been at the club getting his opportunity because Rasmus hasn't been up to scratch this season, which I do agree with. But I think he's one a bit like Somerville, who've always had an attitude of, I am a Premier League player, and 
that's fair enough because I think as an athlete at that level, you have to have that belief that you can play at the highest level and be in the Premier League. But you've also got to understand you're 20, 21 years old and you go through the process of getting really good experience. Unless you're the top, top players, you go through the experience, you play at a level, you get that experience, you come out of it the other side. Dramas is that, like he's been out on loan and he's he's had the game time. It doesn't mean he could have cut it in the Premier League this season. And Somerville, you know, he's drifted in and out of the team. So what would happen if he went elsewhere, like a Premier League side? He's not going to waltz in, is he? And uh, this famous last words, he? he's, he's not going to waltz in and just do it. You know, he is the sort of player that could be brilliant in the championship and a season would probably, same for a lot of them, would do them a, a hell of a lot of good, I think. Yeah, I do as well. I do. I, I, but, you know, it's so toxic at the club right now and there's so much up in the air, like you said at the beginning. Like, I, yeah, to make that decision to stay, it must be an awful place to be at the moment. An awful place. So they don't, they don't have any, you know, it's rudderless. It's just a rudderless ship sinking. So, you know, why why would you want to be there? And, you know, we've got Big Sam talking about whether he's going to stay or not. You know, we'd, I mean, where'd you start with it? Like, if I was a Leeds player, you know, putting a professional head on, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be out of there. I'd be, if, if there was, if there was another opportunity that came my way, I, I would definitely take it because, you know, the, how can you commit to Leeds at this point? It's, it's, it's very, very difficult. Well, there's, there's an element of Sam in the press recently who's just not holding back and is just saying it how it is, just saying there's players that aren't good enough, the squad depth's terrible, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think a lot of players will like being just hung out like that. And how do they now trust that he's not going to do that to them if they stick around? I think it's sort of a bad way to be. But one of the things I mentioned to I got me and Hayden Evans, if you've not listened to podcasts before, who represents a few players at Leeds, represented Gary Speed and David Batty back in the day. We always have a bit of back and forth on match days and he was messaging today. And I, and I did say that you know Charlie Cresswell, who was obviously one of his players who has been out on loan in Millwall last season. I did sort of say it represents a good opportunity for for him, you know, as, as unfortunately dropping to the championship. But it's one of those where he's got a lot of options on the table. And let's be honest, and this is coming from me, that Leeds isn't a isn't potentially one of the a great opportunity for for a player at the minute. There is, like we've said, no director of football, no manager. There are no explicit owners of the football club to give a sense of direction and where we're going as a youth player where you think you've been going around the team a bit like where we're talking about Somerville as well you know doesn't doesn't fill anyone with any sort of confidence of well am I going to progress here am I going to get any better you know you know if we get into the start of next season decisions still haven't been made like it could be an absolute disaster of a season yeah 100% I remember when we were trying to appoint the, the manager after Marsh and I think one of the things I wanted was the manager that would be there next season as well no matter what league we were in because you know then you you know there's gives him some gravitas straight away for starters but then yeah thinking about the rebuild next season to be in this position that we're in now is catastrophic really we've got 10 weeks till the season starts and yeah we, we we're absolutely nowhere how, how do you solve the Project, as people like to say, to tell anybody there there is not, you know, there's there's nothing to say apart from oh, we're Leeds, we're great, we have the you know full house at Ellen Road, great atmosphere, history, bloody, which means something to us, but to a professional uh, looking after his career, 
and his agent, yeah, we're, we're in a bad state. We, we need to get that ownership situation sorted and, and make the big appointments quickly. And I just can't see that happening realistically. I'll be shocked if it happened before the end of June, really. I hope so, obviously. What do you, what do you think is most, most important? Do you think it's director football manager? I mean, it has to be the ownership. I think it has to, has to start at the top. So hopefully Radrizani sells the club and he's completely out. But whatever happens, it, it needs to be sorted first, definitely. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, you have to say, I mean, for me, manager would be the next thing. I don't know why the director of football role is more important than the manager, but it seems to be nowadays. You know, I'm probably old-fashioned, but it just seems like an extra layer that doesn't particularly need to be there. If you're not actually like sort of doing it like Brighton and actually continuing with a the plan, then it doesn't doesn't work at all. It is completely pointless. So yeah, I'd be I'd be all focused on a manager and then getting a director of footballer, a director of football that suits the manager that we have, the you know the best man that we can get for the job. Ask him if he knows anyone that he wants to come and help him by being director of football. I don't know. But yeah, they're the two main things. The, the manager, the ownership and the manager. So, Radriza, I think last week, timing-wise, we didn't really know much about the Sampdoria efforts or the the attempt for him to, to buy Sampdoria, who have just been relegated from Serie A in Italy. And they're in a lot of debt, in a in quite a difficult situation as a, as a club. But as the weeks progressed... Brad Rosani spent more time over there. He's photographed by Sky in in Italy, um, outside the training ground, looking hopeful to get a deal done. And just the whole thing, like, absolutely stinks. You've got a club that are on on the cusp. You own you own them. You're the majority owner of that club. You've in the good times. You show your face all the time. You're in the press, reaping the, the rewards of other people's success. And then when it's all going to pot. You just disappear, swanning off and buying another football club. Where the hell have you been? The club needs direction. It needs to know what is happening and you've been swanning off. It's absolutely unforgivable in my eyes. Like Leeds United is the most important thing in the world to thousands and thousands of people. I I, I despise him. I, I cannot believe the way he's acted this past week and obviously all his mistakes leading up to that I didn't like. But now, I mean, that's personal. That is absolutely disgusting. It's a despicable person to to do what he did, not not turning up, just leaving us to go down like that when he's like you say, he's the majority shareholder. I mean, he's he's worse than Bates for me. He's worse than Bates because Bates at least had balls. Like at least Bates would have fronted up and you know he'd have slagged us off or whatever. I'd rather him do that than be a little weasel like that and hiding like he has. Like honestly, I'm so angry. Half time. They didn't even put the scores on the scoreboard. They didn't even tell us what the half time scores were. What the hell is that? What is it? And they didn't even have an announcer. There was no announcer guy. They they just had, you know, we all love Leeds going across the scoreboard for the whole of half time and a few adverts. Like literally the rats all deserted the sinking ship. It is just it's an abomination. Like I, I can't find the words to express how disgusted I am that that happened. That made me so much more angry than going down because obviously I knew we were going down anyway. But like that just completely compounded things for me. I was, and am, <laughs> clearly, absolutely furious. Because we have uh, been, people have accused us of being anti-American before, and a lot of podcasts do, like I've heard the other ones because we talk negatively about Amer- Americans, but 
are we anti-Italian because we're going at Radrazzani? And, and I ask you, Rocco, because of your Italian heritage as a quarter <laughs> Italian man, is it, is, he, is it because he's Italian? No, definitely not. <laughs> but I, I mean, I love Cellino, so, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, God. I'm biased towards Italians and he has, he has shamed my nation. I apologize to all you English listeners. Yeah, and I don't really know what else to cover off of the, on, on Radrazzani other than it needs sorting very, very quickly. Everyone needs to know what's happening. It sounds like Kinnear's trying to steer it in the interim of whatever's going to happen if 49ers come take us over or if Radrazzani, if, because, because it, as well, it's worth adding that the Sampdoria, the, the, the sale of that looks to have paused slightly because they're trying to renegotiate the deal and basically the offer's been re- rejected to Radrazzani. So, yeah, it, it, it's, we need answers and we need them quickly. Everyone feels the same. Yeah, I think we should do a, a whole episode on, on Radrizani like we did Orta for sure. But yeah, just, you know, also to add like the fact that once we got to the Premier League, he spent nothing on the ground. Like it's a disgrace. Like that is absolutely disgusting. Like I, it, it occurred to me when I was drinking outside the cop, you know, when he first put those shipping containers in and, and made them, you know, made four bars outside the cop and a bit of a fan zone brilliant what a brilliant idea and and you know that's the sort of thing that got the fans on side it was a great business decision and and it was great for us like fantastic you know it gives the impression that he actually cared and then we get to the premier league and like we've still got these shipping containers and like there's nothing wrong with them really but like you could have built something like you build like a, a, a nice circular bar you know with some you know some shelter you know, get more money because it'd be more more uh, tills, and you know, just a nice facility for us to drink it outside the ground, like something as basic as that. It cost nothing to do it. Doesn't care less. It's disgusting. I think on that as well is you can kind of see through it a little bit because in the championship, every bit of match day revenue counted. Like the t- the turnover in the championship is was minuscule in comparison to Premier League. As soon as we got into the Premier League. And the money started coming in from elsewhere. It was coming out of his pocket to fund something that was needless, basically, is how I feel about it. So I think it's, you know, there's reasons that money's not been spent. And it's 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 for that reason that the ground is kind of considered a risk. If Kinnear's sort of said that from day dot, you know, until we're a stabilised club, we're not going to spend money on it. It's, it's basically what we were told. And, and that's what well, we were told that after two years that they probably would. In hindsight, it's probably not a bad thing that we haven't in terms of proper ground redevelopment because the risk financially would be massive dropping into the championship you look at everton it they it's been talked about a lot but they have a lot of loans finance for their stadium and had they gone down it would be catastrophic for them i kind of was hoping that it would be them and them and us yeah i to be fair i i was because they deserve it as much as we do but then i couldn't handle dean smith and john terry staying up so no, I was happy it was them. Having said that, I think I think obviously it's worse for us for next season. I think Leicester will clearly be a force. They'll probably walk the league. Uh, whereas Everton, yeah, they'd, they'd have struggled, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. And uh, where do we go from here? Oslo, Man United, 80 quid. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a, a friend who's been organised in Oslo, £80. Pounds. I like the fans are really annoyed about that. Rocco, you're annoyed about it. I saw it on Twitter. The only conclusion I could come to is that it's for locals. It's probably not that expensive, is it? Probably not. And I still bought a ticket. So are you going? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. When is it? The twelfth of July. 
Flying so fly, fly nice. from Leeds, Bradford. No, I'll engineer a work trip around it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell people it's work-related. You've spoiled the, illu- the illusion of your book tour. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, doing, I'm promoting my book for the Scandinavian Leeds fans. Oh, dear. Who else do we need to be angry at? Big Sam for not playing Yonto. Why is Big Sam not getting any like abuse for not playing Yonto? He's not played him once. Like Basically, the reason Grazia got got handed out the club was for not playing Yonto, and then Big Sam's just completely got away with it. So, yeah, I don't get that either. Do you think someone like Yonto would stay? No, absolutely not. No way. He's an Italian international. I think he'll, he'll be disappointed to leave. I'm sure he wanted Leeds to stay up, and if we'd have stayed up, he'd have stayed. Nah, no chances of staying. I'd be, I'd be absolutely shocked. I, I, I think there'd probably be more chance of Adams staying. But again, I think that's a complete pipe dream. I'd love him to stay, but no, I can't see that either. I really don't know. I think, I think the only players that will stay are the ones that we that we that can't get a better move, basically, which is doesn't bode well. Sorry for being so negative. The problem I have is I'm hopelessly hopeful, and. Nyonto strikes me as, again, a similar sort of predicament where is it a risk him going to another club? Like, what if he gets in a situation like he was at Leeds where, you know, we were a, a team in relegation, he gets in the team and he's just on the periphery, he's not playing. How does that affect him internationally? Like, is he at an age where it's it's better for him to just play constantly? And the championship, whether you think it or not, is a good quality place to to kind of craft at your trade I think you know there's been plenty of players that have dropped to that level and and got the experience that they need and and Italian team's not up to much is it Rocco so so yeah, it's true so, so, I, he was getting in the team when he was playing for Zurich as well so he's, he's been announcing it today so you know he's oh, like you know think he's not he's barely played the last few weeks so here we go yeah. There you go. Yeah, and it's a good point. It is a good point. I just, yeah, I don't know whether they'd think like that, but I, I hope they do. Maybe you should be director of football, sell the project to them. The thing I always think back to is Dan James and him going to Man United. I think that was the worst thing for his development. Like on paper, it's like he's going to Man United, he's signing a massive deal, but he missed out on playing with Bielsa and him and learning. Like, and that's why the manager appointment is really important again. But he missed out on the years of being properly trained by Bielsa. He said he went and played for Oli Solskjaer. And, and then he came back, but we were riddled with injuries and he had to play up front for us, so it was never going to work. But I do feel like, yeah, just getting the game time is so, so important. You've, you saw it with with Cresswell and Shackleton that year in the Leeds team as well, where they were just kind of in limbo between the 23s and the first team. Like Hindsight, obviously, but they should have been out on loan playing for someone. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about the under twenty threes, and it it was highlighted in that in that documentary that they put out. Like, especially now with nine subs, like you have to fill a bench. Like, that's not good for youngsters. Like having like having to fill a bench, like that's going to take tight game time out of their their actual football, their under twenty ones league. So, yeah, the whole model's a bit yeah a bit knackered for me. It's yeah for the championship now. It, it, yeah, some players or a lot of our under twenty one squad. It's surely now time to either go or you know or play in the in the first team. Like, it's weird, isn't it? Like players like McGurk, like he was playing first team football for Wigan, wasn't he? Like two or three years ago, and just just playing for Leeds under twenty ones for for two or three years. It's yeah, it's strange. I just don't don't really get that. No, I can't get my head around that. And I do think there's some great. There is was well, clearly 
the the path for youth is has been made a lot clearer by this and it is just down to who we appoint so it's probably worth that you know just talking around that for a minute and you know obviously everyone's still everything's still raw but who who are you thinking manager wise like who do you think's realistic and because there's you know there's still talk of Iriola and and us going in for him but was he Orta's man and would that happen I think I don't part of me just does not trust Kinnear that's why I kind of want a director of football and the one thing that leans me towards that is because I think well he immediately rang Sam Allardyce like you know is is that just who's on his phone like who else has he got you know and that's that's what worries me and why I think a DOF would be important so yeah who who what are your thoughts on that well, that's a good point that you make. And in terms of the next manager, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to have some thinking time. It's not even not even occurred to me. But I, I don't think it's realistic to get a manager of that caliber, Ariola. I think he's. He'll be one. Well, Spurs will be probably next to go after him, won't they? You know, I, I, I don't know. Even I mean, I you know, I said previously I'd want Rodgers at Leeds. Would he drop into the championship? Perhaps, perhaps he would in the right in the right circumstances. If if the if the club was stable and the 49ers were in charge and they you know they they are serious about taking the straight back up, then maybe he would take it. So yeah, yeah. In the perfect world, I I probably would go for Rogers. That's the thing for me as well is that a manager coming into a club needs to see that it's stable. If you if you the, you know fans are obviously talking about. Rogers, they're obviously talking about Potter as well, which is ludicrous. But why would they? They then they've just come out of clubs that have been effectively unstable, that have sacked managers because they've been failing through not necessarily all the fault of theirs. So why would they then go into a club that doesn't have a clear board, doesn't have a clear understanding of what direction the club is going? And it's just it's not it's not attractive. And it goes back to what you said at the start. You know, we really need to know what's happening with the ownership. Is there still going to be this split ownership? Is now Kinnear just running it? Like, what is happening? Because everything falls down from that point. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it completely, to me, it feels like it did when we got relegated from the championship. You know, Leeds United is an unbelievably massive club. It's one of the biggest clubs in the country. It's an absolute privilege for any manager to manage Leeds. And but we're only that if we've got ambition and, and we've got, you know, got a stable, you know, board in place. In that situation, you know, we will attract a top manager, I'm sure of it. But at the moment, as we are right now, like we're we're like League One leads pretty much, you know, we're completely, completely rudderless. We're 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 a nothing we're nothing. Now that's the thing, Leeds United as a club over the past, you know, sixty, seventy years have been completely bipolar. We've either been thriving in the Premier League or or struggling in the lower leagues. And that's sort of where we're at right now. We're sort of at a crossroad. We we can either be the powerhouse of the championship or we're going to really, really struggle. Here's two maybe positive things for you and kind of back to what you just said there is that it's sort of chicken and egg with managers, isn't it? And players, the players need a manager. The manager wants to know that they've got good players. And I think if you start to get a few players that understands and, you know, really sort of lock themselves into Leeds off the back of what you just said because it is a great club then does that then become more attractive to managers they think well I've got this couple of players that I can work with here and I could do something with and vice versa they know that that manager's coming in and that'll really boost them to want to stay and kind of get the experience and that's the first thing that's positive I want to say because I think that does encourage both sides to look at look at the club 
the second thing to back that up is and goes against my comment about director of football and them being needed is I had a look just before we jumped on this the tweets last year that were going to Burnley at this exact same time from their fans and they were all absolutely shitting themselves about the position that they were in because all the announcements were about all the players that they were selling that were going that was all that was coming out of the club and they were just the amount of hate like firing back at the club was unbelievable and then you think where it went from there is no director of football and Vincent Company coming in and understanding exactly what needed to happen and it shows you what and yeah you know there's a risk element of appointing someone like Vincent Company, but it shows you getting the right person is absolutely critical and it's critical that they do it as soon as possible because the window between now and the championship is one week shorter than it would have been in the Premier League so preparation is absolutely key yeah really interesting yeah I didn't know that and and I mean it's 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 so impressive from company as well. Fair play to him. Yeah, hopefully we can we can do the same. Like that's 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 the dream. Just get get a top manager in that can that works. You know, because that's the other thing. We might get a top manager in and we might still do nothing. You know, it's it's a funny old game like that. But yeah, yeah, that's it. There, there is, of course, there's hope. But yeah, we just we need to we need to get cracking. And that's kind of all there is to it, really. And. Uh... Is there anything else we want to cover off, Rocco? Should we do a man of the match? Last last one of the season? Should we just give it to Jack? Yeah. Well done, Jack. Yeah, bless him. Probably the last time as well. Yeah, it's been how many years we had Jack now? Four, five years? Five? Yeah, five, five years. Bloody hell. Well, he's only about three months into a five-year contract. And I'll tell you what, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I bet his release fee is tiny. I bet it's like less than we paid for him. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. That's the other thing that came out today as Brendan Aronson's release. It's activated his release clause as well, isn't it? Which the Athletic have reported it. And I suspect it's probably come from his agent trying to dig him out of the, out of the club. Who knows? Like he again, like I keep saying it, but he's one that would benefit from being in the championship because he's absolutely way too thin, gets pushed off the ball. He needs a, a year of going up against absolute brutes to sort of strengthen him, and then he'll probably reach the heights that he probably deserves one day. Yeah, Robin Cock, fifteen million to Spurs, snap your hand off, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's yeah. Anyone could I? I mean, I was I. I thought he was doing really well when Gracia came in. I thought he had a really good spell, but. I don't, again, I mean, it's been you know, it's it's never been good enough in midfield, I say, and that's that's been yeah, crystal clear these last few weeks. We won't need him when we got to look Diego Lorenzi uh, bossing our defence <laughs> and a championship anyway on his reduced salary. Uh, dear. Imagine like I know we're joking because it's like the only thing you can really do at times like this. But can you like what is it going to look like at the start of next season? Like I can't I can't imagine it. Nah, I just imagine Bamford at number nine, and that's it. Probably Pervader and Costa on the wings. Oh, God. Here's one link for you as well. Maybe something positive. So, Helder Costa, he's just won the Saudi Arabia League against Ronaldo. Who was manager? I don't know, James. Who was manager? Nuno. Oh, interesting. So, you know, is that the sort of person that could end up coming to lead? He's, he's the sort, a bit like Pablo, out in exile and came back, you know, is he the sort that would try and rebuild his career in Europe at somewhere like Leeds? I don't know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I'd have him happily. He's a, he's a really, really nice bloke and proven in the championship. He knows how to do it. Knows the league. Yeah, I'd be I'd be, I'd be, be com- content with Nuno for sure. 
so yeah, it feels like doomsday, and it is. You know, that we've come to a, a moment where we've got to have dropped out of the Premier League. We know that we 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 belong there. Like we've, it's we're one of the. What was it like? Even financially, we're like one of the top twenty in Europe. It was announced, wasn't it? And I know money counts for shit <laughs> in the real in like our lives, but you know, to show how quickly we've grown as a as a prospect for someone like the 49ers or an institution to to invest in us to then take us to that next level and try and get into Europe in the future. You can see it in black and white now that the potential is there and we will be back. We will 100% be back. It might not be next season, but we will be. And, and you know, all these things happen for a reason. And although it feels crap right now, I think they'll become clearer and clearer in the future. Priority is get things clear at the club and... Who knows? We could be feeling a lot, lot better in in the next few weeks once positive news starts to trickle in. But I think there will be some bad news before then as well. Why don't you cut that last bit out? <laughs> what the bad news? There, there will be no bad news. There will be some. Oh dear. But yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, we will be back very soon. We'll we'll keep talking on things that happen in, at the club throughout the summer because it's going to be very busy. See you soon. Thanks again. Network.